Hey guys, welcome to the Naked Marriage Podcast. We are Dave and Ashley Willis, and on this podcast, we undress the truth about sex, intimacy, and lifelong love. Got a great episode for you today. One quick announcement before we dive in. Check out the Naked Marriage book. We just want to thank you guys for those who've been reviewing that, reading that, leaving leaving your, your reviews on Amazon, different places, listening to the audiobook. Uh, that's really encouraging. That's another great resource you can find to help you engage with this content in a more meaningful way. And now Ashley, my lovely bride and the brilliant one in this partnership, uh, she has got uh, a review from one of the recent reviewers. That's right. This is from Kelly Belly, and she entitled this review, Exactly What I Need. She says, I followed you guys on Facebook for a few years now, but I just started listening to your podcast last night and I'm probably halfway through them already. Ha ha. Thank you guys for being naked with the issues of marriage. You guys have been a voice of affirmation straight from the Lord. Encouragement to keep fighting through the toughest times. I can't wait to get your audiobook. Thank you so much, Kelly Belly. And thank you to all you guys who have been leaving reviews. And if you haven't left one yet, please leave one. This is the best way that you can let other people know about our podcast. So thank you guys in advance. And we can't wait to dive into this program today. I wrote an article recently called, Is It a Sin to Lust After Your Spouse? And Ashley and I both write lots of articles. It's a great way you can connect with, uh, with our content. If you go to marriagetoday.com, you can read a ton of articles about a lot of different topics, both from us and from Jimmy Evans and from others. But this one, it really sparked a lot of conversations. And so we thought, well, let's build on that and just have a podcast episode about it. Is it a sin to lust after your spouse? This is a question somebody sent in to us. Yeah. And it was one we'd never thought about before. And it's really led to some great conversations, both among us and then and then with others through the article and now hopefully through the podcast as well. Right. Well, because there's this word lust, which, yes. you know, we know lusting after anybody outside our marriage is a sin. We know that that lusting, you know, after someone who is married, you know, maybe you're not married yet, but you're lusting after someone else's spouse, that's a sin. Like, that's very clear. Jesus talks about that. But what about our own spouse? Like, you know, that is a legitimate question that we had just never heard before. So we were like, yeah, we do need to address this. And, and honestly, just right out of the gate, the answer is no, it is not a sin. Well, to lust after your own spouse. Right. But 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 it's deeper than that. So don't just but it's deeper. don't just cut off the episode like okay, I yes. got the answer, I can move on. So But we're going to explain why. Right. So yeah, my short answer is if lusting after you is wrong, I don't want to be right. I don't want to be right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm uh I'm having a hard time concentrating. You you're know, so you're wearing silly. your sexy glasses today and Oh my gosh. And so what were you we talking about? Um <laughs> so yeah, here's the deal. What is lust, first of all? Jesus talked a lot about this. Matthew chapter 5, the start of uh, what's known as the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus teaches about all kinds of things. And he talks about lust. He says yes. to even look at another woman with lust, talking about someone other than your wife, is to commit adultery with her in your heart. So he was speaking against having this very um, you know, selfish, objectifying right. view of, of other people for your own personal sexual gratification and the damage of that, particularly uh, for a married person, lust is a sin, you know, looking at anybody that's not your spouse that right. way for, for anybody, single or otherwise. But when you're married, it does it does great harm to the marriage and the sacredness mm -hmm. and the monogamy and the exclusiveness that God intended with marriage. Plus, it objectifies other people, which means it turns other people into objects as a body to be used instead of a soul to be cherished. Right. So as it relates to marriage— now, God wants us to take all of that energy, and, and it talks about this both in the Old Testament and New Testament, kind of all of this drive that God has given to us, which is good and natural and healthy, 
And the one place where it is appropriate to express all of that— And the place it was made for. Right, is within within marriage. Right. You know, so both like in, in books like Proverbs that say, you know, let— don't look outside the marriage, but but let the wife of your youth, that the, the wife you've always had, be the one to always satisfy, satisfy you. you. Always, May she, yeah, yeah, always captivate you in really kind of vivid language. You know, you can well, read Song that. Song of Solomon yeah, is so, super steamy. It is super, and they're definitely they're they're lusting after each other. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of marital lust happening there. It's right, and it's celebrated. It is. It is. Be- and it's it's really like keeping your your fantasy on your spouse, yeah. you know, because I think another way to describe lust, especially if you didn't grow up in the church, you know, lust isn't a word we just in the vernacular kind of throw around, but you know, fantasy, yeah. So it's like if your if your mind is focused on someone that is not your spouse and you are sexually fantasizing about them, then that is wrong. That is clearly out of bounds. But if it is your spouse and you are fantasizing about them and them only. There's nothing wrong with that. That no. is that is something that that God put inside of you to want your spouse. That's good. You know, you need to have sexual desire towards your spouse and there's nothing wrong with that. But we have to be very careful where our mind goes because that's where it really starts. Lust lust is all in the mind. I mean, it really is. It's all a fantasy in your mind, but what we think about in our mind eventually becomes our actions. Yes. And so we can't let anything get a foothold in there. We can't let any kind of fantasy about our neighbor, fantasy about a coworker, whoever it is, or maybe it was a past, you know, somebody you haven't seen in a long time. And even though you don't come in contact with them, you may tell you may be telling yourself, I'm never going to see this person again. I just like to fantasize about them because he was my old high school boyfriend. She was my old college girlfriend. You can't do that. That's dangerous because really it's giving your passion, your mind, your focus to this other person. And and God, you know, says that marriage and sex specifically is 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 for marriage, and that even means our sexual fantasies. And so we can't go out of the bounds of thinking about anybody else in in a way sexually, except for our spouse. That, yes, and and this is where this gets murky. And this might have been the really the root of where the question came from. Is like, well, well, maybe I'm only having sex with my spouse, um, but it's like I'm allowing these kind of fantasies from other right. places to play out, and and my spouse is just kind of the available body I have to act out these fantasies. Yeah. And, and so you convince yourself, I'm being monogamous, I'm being faithful, right. but I'm coming into the marriage bed with this kind of very selfish, scripted fantasy that's been charged from lust, from from pornography, or from, you know, looking or thinking about all these other things. And now my spouse is just going to kind of be this this place where I act out all these fantasies. And so while you're convincing yourself, I'm being faithful and loyal to my spouse, really, th- that's where that's where you're coming into the marriage bed with with kind of the, this inappropriate lust-fueled thought process because the fantasy hasn't been about your spouse. The lust or the the desire hasn't been focused on your spouse. It's like, I've got all of this outside the marriage-fueled lust like warming and fantasy. Yourself I'm just kind of warming myself. Fantasies. Yeah, through all yeah. these other fantasies. And my spouse is just just the instrument in a crude way of describing it, the instrument in which I can act out. You can fulfill. I can fulfill all these yeah. fantasies, but even in, as I'm doing it, it's like I'm, it's like I'm not even making love to my spouse. Right. Um, they might as well just be a, a sex doll at that point, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm really acting out all these other fantasies. What's going on in my mind has nothing to do with my spouse. Right. Just my body is present, but that's the only part of me that's present. And so we do have to be really, really careful. And, oh, yeah. Uh, God calls us to be not only physically monogamous, but mentally monogamous. And when we allow our mind and heart to open up, like Ashley was talking about, to all of the different 
stimuli out there in the world. And there's a lot. There's a lot. Yeah. That are designed to create lust because sex sells and people are selling it right and left through every form of entertainment and advertising out there. Man, we we can get to some really dark places in our mind that are creating a wedge in the marriage bed even if it feels like on the surface we you know we have a normal healthy sex life you know we we make love regularly and all that but it's what's happening in your mind really really does make a difference and so maybe you've never thought about sex that way that's why the bible talks so much about sex as being this mind body spirit thing it's not just the physical right. act um, but it's all these things coming together now as long as your mind, body, spirit are focused on each other, then you have an enormous amount of freedom yes. in the bedroom, just an enormous amount of freedom to express each other, to explore each other, to to have fun and really enjoy sex. And, you know, not to, not, you, you shouldn't feel like God's there as a referee in the bedroom calling foul to everything you do. He gave you an enormous amount of freedom, but he wants us to keep the marriage bed pure, as it says in the New Testament, by not bringing in all of these all of these outside fantasies and then just mentally acting them out while you're in the physical act with your spouse. So well said, sweetie. Yeah, so definitely uh, talk through these things with your spouse. You know, one of our main goals with the Naked Marriage Podcast is that this will spur some really good conversation between you and your spouse. And maybe you're the only one listening right now, you know, encourage your spouse to give it a listen. Like if you hear an episode where you're like, my spouse is not really a podcast person, but I know this subject matter will really pique his interest, will really pique her interest, you know, get them to listen with you. And it's a good way to just start great conversation, to open up to each other like never before, to literally become naked, you know, spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, in every way and become closer that way. So I highly encourage you all to listen together and talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. Before we get to today's uh, question, kind of like, you know, one other point to to kind of camp out on on this is like, what do you do if this is an issue? Like, how do you get back fantasies of your spouse if your fantasies have been focused on others? Maybe from from porn, maybe from past things. And and I know I know what it's like to have to kind of detox your yeah. mind because, you know, I've talked about this a lot from my teenage years into early adulthood. I had a real struggle with pornography that just implanted deeply in my brain these, you know, very, very just, you know, vile and wrong images of other people that planted in my head what what sex is is supposed to be and and these fantasies that were clearly not godly and certainly not helpful to my marriage. And I know there are many people listening now um, where porn is a part of your struggle, or maybe it's even just part of what you would consider entertainment. You don't think there's anything wrong with it. You're just doing it in your in your words to spice things up in the marriage. But any of those images that we're putting into our mind, we are implanting and embedding lust and fantasy that has nothing to do with our spouse deep in our head. And we've got to allow God to renew our mind from that. You know, in yeah. Romans chapter 12, verse two, it talks about allowing God to, to renew our mind so that we can really we can really be aware of what his good and pleasing and perfect will is for our life. And I think Putting God's word in your mind and heart is important. I think retraining your your mind, you know, the Bible talks about taking thoughts captive, which means when that wrong thought comes into your head, you know, you don't get to decide what thoughts shoot through your mind, uh, but you're the air traffic controller of your brain. You can't yeah. determine what airplanes fly, fly through, but you can determine which ones get to land and stay there. Right. And so if something flies through your brain that is not the right thought, then immediately take you that thought captive and say, you that thought keeps going and I'm going to replace it right now with with God's word or with an image of my spouse or with focusing my my thoughts and my fantasies completely on my spouse. And over time, you have the power to retrain your brain. When we start feeling like I don't have any control over my thoughts, 
then we've, we've already lost because you do have so much control and responsibility over the air traffic that's coming through and landing in your brain. It's so true. And, you know, keep keep kind of the flame going strong by spicing things up between you and your spouse. You know, be flirty with each other. I know we talk a lot about how technology can hurt our marriage, but this is where you can use it to help your marriage by texting each other. You know, flirty little, like, I can't wait to see you later. If you know today's the day you're going to be mm. making love, you know, and, and just you know, get excited about seeing Lingerie each other helps. later. Lingerie's, you know, definitely like unwrapping a package, supposedly. That's what Davis told me. Yeah, so, no, yes. I'm telling you, it's, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's. I always thought the point is that the clothes are going to be on the floor. Well, right, but But supposedly still, lingerie is still. Packaging matters. Something that, that guys really I like, mean, our so, office yeah. is right next to a Victoria's Secret. <laughs> and I think is. how appropriate that, that, you know, our, our office is right next to Victoria's Secret because these are two places helping marriage together. <laughs> I feel like, you know, that they should be sponsors of this Keeping podcast. Keeping it spicy, right, yeah. So and we need to reach out to them. If, if, you're a, if you're an executive Victoria's Secret, why don't you sponsor this podcast? Because I think that, <laughs> that you are helping marriages and we want to work with you. You so. are so silly. <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm so glad we got to talk about this. So keep things spicy in your marriage and know that lusting after each other, fantasizing about each other only, there's nothing wrong with that. But be very careful about lusting after anybody outside of your marriage and keep on uh, keep on pursuing one another. That's good stuff. All right, so we're gonna get to one of our favorite parts of the podcast where we answer one of your questions that you have sent to nakedmarriagepodcast.com. So our question today says, how can I model a good Christian example for my children if my spouse has decided to walk away from the Lord but is still okay with me teaching them the Bible and how to serve God? That's a good question. That's a real good question. And first off, if you are listening and you're, you're in a situation where um, you feel alone in your marriage, just know that we're, we're praying for you. It's heartbreaking. Those can be heartbreaking situations. Yeah. And God is with you in it. The Bible says God is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. And he is with you in this. You know, he's always with us, of course. But I think that we can sense and feel God's presence in such a unique and special way in those valleys of disappointment and, and aloneness and hurt. And if you're there, you know, reach out to him because he's there. So to get to your question, you know, very specifically, your husband's walked away from God, but he's still cool with you being you know, being um, the one to teach the kids right. these things. And so I would say, take advantage of that and and you model for your kids, you teach your kids. You know, I, I once, uh, you know, heard a pastor tell a story about being out outside in the summertime in a part of the country where they had lightning bugs or fireflies. And and he would see the this bug kept lighting up right by his eye. And he said, I'm outside and there are all these huge lights around me. There's the moon, this massive light. There's the big lights of a city off in the distance. There's a street light, you know, down the road. But the one light that I noticed the most wasn't the biggest or the flashiest. It was that little lightning bug, but it's all I could see. And it's because it was the closest. And the point was, he said, you as the parents, you don't have to be the biggest, flashiest light in your kid's life. You only have to be the closest. And so you get as close to your kids as you can. And you take advantage of that proximity and you love them and you serve and you point them toward Jesus and you model your faith in very real and practical, authentic ways bring them to church, help them get involved, help them to see faith is not just a Sunday thing, but something that that impacts every part of their life, whether it's, you know, how you weave weave stories of the Bible into, into daily conversations or praying with them, you know, thanking God for the good, praying with him about the struggles. And your close influence in their life could be the very thing God uses to really help a real faith take root in them. And so I'm just so thankful that they have a mom 
who clearly Absolutely. cares, and they have a mom who who clearly um, you know loves the Lord and loves them. And who knows? Maybe by your example and you living out your life that way, just maybe your husband's heart might soften, and you might be the the main factor God uses to bring your husband you know back to faith. Who knows? Yeah. But you just do what you can do. And really, you got to trust the rest into God's hands. It's so true. And this is where, you know, definitely teach your kids about the Lord, take them to church, keep on just fostering their faith and pouring into them. I think that's just a beautiful, beautiful thing. But I would say be very careful not to demonize your husband. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. I think, you know, not saying things, and I, I can tell this lady is has got a, a kind heart, but just in case anybody else listening has the same problem, you know, be very careful not to say, you know, well, we wish dad would come to church with us because he's just going to burn in hell. I mean, don't say things like well, that. If like, your don't, dad wasn't worshiping the devil wasn't, today, yeah, he yeah. might, you know, I, I mean, know, seriously, start talking like the church, like the church lady. lady. But, you know, it can become that way because we can, we have to be very careful with our heart too because it can become a resentful thing. And because your kids are going to ask questions, they're going to say, why doesn't dad come with us? And you could say, you know, sweetie, I don't really know. You know, maybe maybe you could ask your dad. You know, maybe he could give you an answer, but you know what? Your dad loves you and we're going to keep on inviting him to church instead of saying, well, he just doesn't love the Lord, you know, like I love the Lord. And because I think it's easy to prop ourselves up and then put our spouse down because we're like, well, we're just walking in the spirit. And I mean, he's just not, you know, and and I don't know what's going to happen to him because he's just leaving himself out to dry. Like we can, we can get in that mode. So I would just encourage anybody in this predicament to be very careful and instead keep on inviting your spouse, keep on loving your spouse, showing your spouse God's love. I mean, in the word, it talks about this when there's one spouse who's a believer and one spouse who is not it says, keep on loving them just like Christ, you know, loves them. And who knows your love, your example of walking with Jesus could very much bring them to the Lord. But I will also say this, one awesome thing about church and about getting your kids involved in youth group and, and, and the preschool programs, the elementary school programs, is they always have performances. And this is a great way to get your unbelieving spouse who never steps foot in church to actually come to church. And the beautiful things about these programs is these program directors know that there are unbelieving spouses out there and they always present the gospel. And I'm telling you that I have seen God work through the gospel presentation of three-year-olds singing about the Lord. I have seen parents' tears coming down their face when they see their child proclaiming the love of Jesus. And so don't underestimate God working through your kids, working through you and what you're doing and keep on leading them to the Lord in the way that you are. Yeah, that's so good. And as you interact with that spouse who who right now is in a different place in their faith, don't don't interact with them with a judgmental tone, um, but just with joy and authenticity, be willing to share the good things God is doing in your life. Absolutely. And in your kid's life. And, and just, even in his life or her life. Yeah, you help know, them to it see it yeah. through your kindness and through your love. Nobody was ever nagged into falling in love with God yeah. or, or nagged into changing their heart in any real way. But love is the very thing that God uses to change all of us. And so if you really want to change somebody, you don't do it by trying to change them. You do it simply by loving them and letting God do the rest. And so we're praying for you and cheering you on um, for anybody that's in a a tough season in their marriage for any reason. And I hope this podcast continues to be an encouragement to you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing, reviewing, helping others discover it. We're just blown away by people who literally all over the world are discovering the podcast and and, uh, reaching out and being encouraged by it. So thank you for being part of this, this community. Yes, thank you guys so much for listening. Please submit your questions uh, to nakedmarriagepodcast.com and we would be so happy to answer them. We will see you next time.